Good morning, and welcome to a vision for you. And welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for your big book study. My name is Russ M, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is so. Today's the 23rd of February, 2024, Friday, 7 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. To, um, today we're reading from the big book and Bill's story, page five, the fourth paragraph, starting with "I woke up." and ending with so i did all right today's readers for the 12 steps is tens and p the tradition to Anne marie m starting us off with the texas katie g page 164 is lynn s the backup reader uh, don't worry about her uh it's katie g newcomer greeters krista f our second hour host is eileen m and announcements is robin p the reference numbers for yesterday for yesterday uh thursday the 22nd of february 2024 7 a.m eastern time meeting 21,161. so that's 21161. the 10 a.m eastern time meeting is 21,162. the la preamble a readers anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who do shared experience strength and hope <coughs> and are recovering compulsive overeating welcome welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively there are no dues or fees for members we are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization political movement ideology or religious doctrine we take no position on outside issues our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating compulsive Food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive readers who still suffer. At a vision for you big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence in the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. So now I would ask Tenzin P to read the 12 steps. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Um, uh, Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. 
sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Thanks, Tenzin. Next up is Anne-Marie M. with the traditions. Good morning. Good morning, Russ and everyone. This is Anne-Marie M., 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry the message, its message, to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to pray, place principles before personalities. All right. Thanks, Anne-Marie. Appreciate it. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic in, in the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. <coughs> Excuse me. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing the directions in the big book, what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press one, star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study in the big book. We're in Bill's story. We're on page five, that fourth paragraph starting with, I woke up and ending, so I did. And I've asked Katie G to get us rolling today. Hey friends, Katie G, recovered compulsive eater in Boston and Russ, thanks so much for taking the meeting. I woke up, this had to be stopped. I saw I could not take 
I could not so much take one drink. I was through forever. Before then, I had written lots of sweet promises, but my wife happily observed that this time I meant business, and so I did. You know, for me, this, this is just the story of my life, right? How many times did I mean business? How many times did I promise I was going to be different? I was going to stop binging. I was going to stop using exercise. I remember saying to my husband a couple years ago, like, I, I'm, I'm in control. I got it under control. Like, I'm okay. I'm going to stop. I remember telling my mom, I'm going to stop getting on the scale. And she could hear me dragging the scale across the floor. But I really wanted to focus um, that this is the story of my life, both as a recovered woman, but it's no longer the story of me with the food and exercise, thanks be to God. And I am recovered today. But one of the things I find interesting is that as a recovered woman, I can do this with character defects. I can mean business. And the step seven in the um, AA 12 and 12 says, it is only at the end of a long road marked by successive defeats and humiliations and the final crushing blow of our self-sufficiency that we began to feel humility as something more than a condition of groveling despair. So I can apply this to my food. I mean, I don't really know anybody on the line that wouldn't be able to apply this to food because that's why we're here. I'm assuming you didn't wake up because you want to just round your life off with a little bit of OA. If you did, that's uh, awesome. But for me, what happens is repeated humiliation. I am forced to learn something about humility. And I have such a hard head, right? Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't get it. I think that I can overcome an addiction. I think that I can overcome my character defect of controlling. I think, I think, I think. Main problem of my, my disease is in my mind. And also, the book tells me lack of power. That is my dilemma. You know, and so I can't, I'm powerless to say, this time I mean business and this is how I'm going to do it. And for me, you know, like I, like I said, um, as a recovered woman, you know, I have compulsive eating. I no longer suffer today from compulsive overeating, binging, restriction, exercise. And if you are suffering right now, I want to promise you, you do not have to suffer. But I also want to promise you that if you're suffering and you're not feeling, you know, the connection with God, I want to promise you that that repeated humiliation, it will end. It can end. And how do we end it? By living in steps 10, 11, and 12. So not only is this a marker of my disease in active addiction, but also in in an active role as a woman in recovery to continue looking at, you know, what are my character defects that I continue hitting up against the wall? And thanks be to God, what I find is, when I remember humility, it absolutely, things get better with frequency, intensity, and duration. Everything calms down. So welcome to our newcomers. Welcome home. There is a solution for us. And uh, welcome to all of us. Let's continue to do it one day at a time. Does that pass? All right. Thanks, Katie. Appreciate it. So now we're going to open up the lines for sharing. And uh, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day. Uh, so if you share on Wednesday or Thursday, please step back and allow others to get a shot to share. And I just ask one at a time, the best we can do this. All right, go ahead. Who's ready? Christina, Christina, Christina J. Charles H. Riska R. Christina, Charles, Riska, Riska, Riska. Gabrielle in Georgia. Gabrielle. Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie. Elena C. 
Charles H. Riska, uh, Gabrielle, I didn't get the initial of your first last name. We'll, we'll grab that. Amory M. Elena C. Vasa, Anita, and Kelly. All right, Christina, you're up. Uh, good morning, everyone. Christina J. from North Carolina. Appreciate your service, Russ. Oh, gosh, you know, why couldn't he not take one drink? Why did he realize he couldn't take one drink? That is what the first part of step one is about. My life, um, you know, I'm powerless over this stuff. But why couldn't he at this point? This was early in his career here, a young man. He's finding that alcohol is a big problem. You know, I did too. I found it was a big problem through my life. But I had no idea of the second part. My life was unmanageable. I had no idea I was in dis-ease with my life. There was no way I was going to not take a drink a bite, because that was my solution to all my problems, to all my discomfort, to all of my victimhood from my past, from my career not working, from my loneliness, from my husband not reaching for me, for the affairs I put myself through. This was my solution. So I meant business many times, as our first share shared. I meant business all the time, and I started new diets all the time, and I had great hope for those new diets. But those new diet programs never dealt with my uncomfortableness. One did. I went through OptiFast four times. We had a group meeting every week, and we talked about our problems, and we wrote about the history of eating and our emotional discomfort, but there was no plan of action to deal with those things. The plan of action is in this book. It's in this book. It's cleaning house. It's making amends. It's humbling myself before others, and it's working with others, helping me stay in the work. I, if I don't have this book, I'm going to take a drink. If I don't work my disease stuff out, I'm going to take a drink. It's just all there is to it. I have taken drinks since I was a small child, and I'm talking about food, of course. I have always used the bite, and I realized in 2020 that the bite was the thing that was going to take me down. You know, justifying one donut one bite, one this, one that, always led me to hell. Because the one bite is turning away from higher power, turning away from this program. I always wrote sweet promises and I met business and I did. I did, gosh darn it. I have the willpower of a horse with everything else, you know, but not with this because I have an allergy. So thank you for letting me share. I look forward to hearing everybody and I love you guys. I pass Thanks, Christina. Next up is Charles H., followed by Riska R. Thank you, Russ, for your service. Um, you already said my name, so I'm going to say it again. It's just um, so, you know, Bill here, he, he's in, in, in the business of his disease, even though he's trying to still. You know, we hear a lot of people talking about they standing on business. 
you know, in fact, Bill was standing in front of business. You know, he wasn't standing on business. So, you know, it's the typical compulsive overeater, right? You know, I could, you know, the couple of paragraphs previously, he talks about, nevertheless, I still thought I could control the situation. And, you know, as others have been alluding to, you know, can I find myself in Bill's story? Did I eat like Bill drank? Did I think like Bill thanked? You know, um, I think I was thinking too much. I was so smart, I was stupid. And, and, and for me, when I, when I became foolish with my own wisdom, that's when I got better. You know, I didn't come to God on a winning streak. I knew God, and, and you know, I thought God knew me, but he really didn't because, you know, on page 25, it talks about, you know, the leveling of my pride, the confession of my shortcomings, which the process uh, it says something like it, 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 it's mandated. It's essential. You know, it talks about it all through the book. You know, I want to go on a diet until like uh, Valentine's Day. Then what? Where we, where we at? This is this is one day at a time. We stand on business one day at a time. You know, I ain't got to be, you know, doing what everybody else doing. All I needed to be doing is standing on business, trying to carry this message to somebody else so I can keep it. It's such an oxymoron that if I carry the message, I can't keep it if I don't carry the message. But if I carry the message to somebody, then I can keep it. It's, it's, it. It don't make sense. But, you know, it don't make dollars if it don't make sense. And, you know, Bill never, you know, got on his feet financially. Um, he got help and he got a stipend from AA. Um, but, uh, you know what, he stood on business. He used his experience to stand on business. And so with that, I'll pass. Thank you. All right, Charles. Thanks, bro. I'll catch up with you. All right. Next up is Rich Gar, followed by. No, I just didn't get the first initial of Gabrielle's name. Go ahead, Rich. Good morning. Good morning, Russ. Thanks so much for your service and for uh, all the powerful shares so far. Um, I love you guys. Also, you mean so much in my life. Um, this is Rizka R. Grateful, recovered, compulsive eater in Baltimore. And my wife happily observed that this time I meant business, and so I did. I say, how many times did I mean business? I countless times I meant business. I always, always believed the lie that, okay, this time I was going to get the weight off, and this time I was going to keep it off. Well, my, my husband did not happily observe when I started another diet. Like He, he knew it was going to fail. There, there was a time that I told him, like, I, that I wanted to join a program called Living Thin, and I, I was going to learn how to live like a thin person and be a thin person. And he said, "Please don't. You know it's going to fail." But you know, I, I paid the money because I, because this time I meant business. And um, of course, he was right. But you know, and, and he never knew how much I really ate because, like, I was, I would always binge in hiding. I, I wouldn't let him see what, what, you know, what I was doing. I didn't let anybody see what I was doing. was going on because I would be on an emotional roller coaster and I would be getting fatter. I mean, you just can go up 50 pounds and down 50 pounds and without doing something. <laughs> but there were really only two times that he said something. One time he told me, if you eat sugar again, I'm going to take up skydiving. Well, I did, but and he didn't take up skydiving, but whatever. He, you know, he was he was desperate. The other time, he he begged me to go back to OA because he saw it was the only time that I had some stability. But I refused. But and 
but my powerlessness always drove me back. But but even when I did all the different parts of OA, you know, permutations of OA, gray sheet and FAA and see how in 90 day, it was still, I meant business. And so I did, and I'd be abstinent and work the 12 steps again and feel relief, but I was not growing in my relationship with God. I still wasn't putting God first until a little, a little over three years ago when I had a moment of such nauseating clarity that I was doomed, that there was no I meant business anymore. There was just surrender. And God directed me to my sponsor, and the vision meetings became part of my mornings. And I could finally say what I could never say before, thy will not mine be done, and really trust that God knows better than me. And thank God I'm so grateful to be here today with all of you and have a wonderful day, absent day. And I pass. All right, thank you. Next up is Gabriella. I just didn't get the first initial of your last name. Star one. Uh, oh, there you go. There you go. This is Gabrielle. Emma is in Mary in Georgia. <clears throat> and um, I just really am so grateful that I found the Vision for You group. I have, I'm 70 years old, and I've been in OA since the 1980s. And I had limited periods of abstinence because I was really trying to do it myself. I always meant business, too. And I had that experience that other people have spoken about in here of just being told I didn't, you know, wasn't willing, wasn't willing to do what needed to be done. And that I found for me that wasn't it. It was that I needed a higher power that could relieve me of my obsession with food. And about a year ago, I was just ready to go live in the barn like the guy in the big book and die, you know, because I had just given up. But something that I heard in these meetings inspired me to try one more time, and I got a vision sponsor. And uh, it's just a different experience than it ever has been before. I feel like I'm wearing the program like a light garment. It, I... um. I have a much closer relationship with my higher power and you know, it's, it's not, although I'm weighing and measuring and committing food and reading, it's not like a, a nervous stress filled experience. I don't know how to explain it. It's just so much more serene and peaceful. And I'm really grateful to this program. I'm grateful that every morning I can hear how it works, and people sharing their experience, strength, and hope. Thank you. I pass. All right. Thanks a lot, Gabrielle. So before we have Anne Marie M come up, let me let you know where we're at. We're at Bill's story. We are on page five, that fourth paragraph, I woke up, and so I did. So Anne Marie M, you're up, followed by Lena C. Good morning, Russ. Thank you for your service, and good morning, everyone. My name is Anne Marie M. I am recovered God's grace. 
began by working the steps in this book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And um, I live in South Carolina now, so very grateful to be here. The first share was very, very hopeful. Um, this, I found this um, particular paragraph um, kind of uh, um, upsetting. You know, I tried all the time, many, many, many times, different diets, different programs, and nothing ever worked. And when I came to OA, I I heard about God, and I knew that that had to be my reliance. And even though I knew in my head that it had to be God, I had to rely on God, it didn't, it didn't enter into my heart for many years. And when I finally went through the steps this um, last time with a uh, recovered um, compulsive overeater who also went through the steps of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, um, I learned that I needed to have a different um, perception of the God of my understanding, the God of my, when I grew up, because I needed a loving and kind God. All of the programs that I, I tried before, all the pay and ways, the therapy, uh, hypnotists, all of that encouraged me to rely on myself. And this program has encouraged me that I need to rely on God. I need to rely on a power greater than myself. Many of the other programs explained that I have the power within to overcome this compulsive eating. They didn't even call it a disease. And, um, you know, it was only in here, in, in the 12 steps, that I learned that I was powerless over this, the obsession of the mind. And then certainly the, the physical addiction, which I didn't I didn't agree with at the beginning that I had I was powerless over sugar. Like sugar was a a, a drug. I thought, oh gosh, they're a little you know <laughs> a little bit fanatic with that. But um, yeah, I finally learned that there were certain foods, certain ingredients, in foods that once I put in my body, I am <clears throat> I can't I can't stop. And I only learned that here. The other programs uh, was trying to teach me how to eat sensibly, intuitive eating, and that didn't work for me. And I came into this program thinking that I could, and I had to fall to my knees and get desperate enough. And then the obsession of the mind, I was told, could only be relieved by a power greater than myself. Thank you. I'll pass with that. Thanks, Anne-Marie. Next up is Elena C., followed by Vasa O. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Ross. Um, my name is Elena C. from South Carolina, recovered for today. So the sentence I woke up, or two sentences I woke up, this had to be stopped. You know, to me, um, the way it speaks to me, it's not about the food. I don't necessarily need to think about stopping the food, but truly I need to think about stopping the way I'm doing life when I'm not in the 12 steps. And the way I'm doing life is I want to, um, you know, I want to, I want to get my way. I like what I want, what I want and I want it now. And I want you to like me and love me so then I can be happy you know, 
and I'd like to tell you how to engineer your life. And that was madness. I mean, I, I kid you not, I suffered so much by simply doing that. And I had no idea that that was wrong. And then I came into this program and the other one, and I got acquainted with the 12 steps of recovery. And things shifted. Things shifted, you know. What had to be stopped was my way. What needed to be started was, you know, bringing God into my life, staying this 12 steps of recovery and letting God direct me, direct my intention on what he or she would have me be. You know, how do I take care of myself with God's guidance? How do I show up for others with God's guidance? You know, because my thinking, thinking was running the show. And what was at the bottom of all of it it was my profound sense of low self-worth. I didn't love myself. I hated myself. And I am so grateful that God of my understanding can heal that every single day. When I am willing to search and bring him or her into my life. And I could promise you, I promise all of you, that this healing is possible. All we need for healing and happiness is God. And all we need to do is just stay in these 12 steps every day, one day at a time. Because that this is going to be everlasting, not my will, not food. This is everlasting. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Lena. Appreciate it. Next up is Vasa O, followed by Anita J. Yes. Thank you, Russ, for your service, and good morning, everybody. I'm Vasa Grateful, recovered, compulsive Ovita calling from Port Charlotte, Florida. And I, I, didn't, I could not relate with Bill's story years ago because, you know, he was alcoholic and I was food addict. But anyways, I had to cross alcohol and put food. So I ate like Bill did and I thought like Bill did, started identifying with him and the rest of the stories in the back of the big book. So my dilemma was I had no power to stop uh, alcoholic foods. To me, it was the sugar and uh, refined flour. Anyways, we all have uh, our own struggles with uh, the food, uh, you know, with life and life problems. So for me, uh, when I came to the program, I was ready and willing to surrender with the food addiction. With my life and my will, I had to work on that. But anyways... um, this, is, this program, it's a miracle. And the, you know, I gave up on, on the diets, you know, before I came to the 12 steps. I didn't even know there was a 12-step program. And I gave into the food addiction because with everything I tried over the years, nothing worked. It worked maybe for a little bit, but I always picked that up. So, and it was getting progressive as we read a few paragraphs before this. And I was uh, w- willing and I was ready to, to surrender because... I could not do this by myself. 
And I'm so grateful I had a sponsor that had gone before me and like a lot of the people had gone before me, what they did. And I was ready. I I didn't want to die. I really didn't want to die. And um, this was my last place, you know, to coming through the doors of Overeaters Anonymous. And I remember saying, if this doesn't work, I'm just going to die fat and miserable. And that's how I felt. And then, you know, I heard the promises, and I heard the allergy, and I heard the obsession of the mind. And I, you know, and I took the weight off for six months by the grace of God, not because of my own doing, because of the program, the steps, the tools. And I said, I better stay here because they told me it's physical, emotional, spiritual. And I've stayed. I've been here for many, many, many years. I'm not, I'm not, going, I'm not in a hurry to go anywhere else. Why would I want to leave um, a program that has worked for me all those years? And I made promises to my husband before I came to the programs. I, I even bet with money, you know. He said, how long? Even when I told him about, about Overeaters Anonymous after like three or four um, weeks later, he said, how long is this going to last, you know? He's, and he said, yeah, you eat. You eat only one meal a day. It starts in the morning. And you don't finish till nighttime. And that was the truth. That was the yeah. truth. Thank you very much. Thank you for serv- for your service, Russ. And I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Vasa. Appreciate it. Next up is Anita. Anita J. Hey. How are you, Russ? Good morning. Um, this is Anita J. And I'm recovered through the grace of God uh, here in Massachusetts. You know what? I woke up. Let's not go any further. I woke up. There's one of the biggest differences in recovery, how I feel when I wake up. Before, I'd wake up and for maybe two seconds I'd feel fine and then I'd remember. I would remember the binges of the night before, the faking being a happy person as I went about my life the night, the day before. And I'd go to bed with those kind of little promises, never mind to my husband. Uh, I, I didn't talk about this with my husband because I was hoping he didn't notice. Oh, come on now. But that's, that's the attic, you know. And, um, but guess what? I'd wake up. And I I would have done the whole doggone thing over again. And I did that for decades. But I wanted to say about the when Bill finally saw that he couldn't take as much as one drink. This, of course, we know isn't the end of the story. Because finally seeing it, which is, you've got to finally see it. And thankfully, I finally did. That was really only 10 years ago. Can you believe it? I've been in for decades. I finally saw I can't have one. I can't. I mean, it's amazing. Everyone else would know that, but I didn't know it. And so there starts the swearing off. But there became a beginning because I had to finally see it before I could finally listen to the true real message that this big book clearly gives me 
and, you know, vision helped me because my typical OA meeting didn't have so many people in it who saw this and expressed it uh, for what what this, you know, what what these 12 steps have done for them. I needed to hear it from the West Coast and the East Coast and down South and up North and all across the pond and all of it. And then I finally, I finally saw it. And I can tell you that it's changed my life. This paragraph was the beginning of the change and it was for Bill too. The beginning, that's all. I pass, thank you. Thanks, Anita. Next up is Kelly H. And then we're going to take another list. Good morning. This is Kelly H. from North Carolina, and I am a compulsive overeater. Um, this morning, I am starting day four <laughs> of being abstinent, and the head is clearing. Um, I, I just can't believe it. Um, but this paragraph is a reminder that I am a day away from going back to where I was five days ago. Um, it's, I can see that this week is the perp walk to step one. Um, the feeling of shame, the burden to do something about this mess. Um, I spent tons on business expenses in meaning business in losing weight before. Um, here's how I spent um, my business expenses. I spent money on new scales, new exercise clothes, um, high-end shoes, new books written by amazing authors on weight loss, um, gym memberships. Um, I reorganized my new schedule. Um, I signed up for pay in ways. I gained injuries from over-exercising. I got a new haircut. As you're starting something new, right? You need a new look. Um, arguing with everything and everybody and my husband, who I love, bearing witness to all of the insanity. Um, I contended in prayer. Um, but this blustering um, that I was doing and what I called my prayer life was just bluster. Um, it didn't lead me to connecting with God on that um, humble level. And I had to focus on his will and own that this sickness is a powerlessness. Like this, this the language in the big book on this paragraph is, it's so painful because you know it just keeps going. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure I'm done, but I'm, feeling and I feel like I'm seeing something like I'm having an outer body experience watching my life in the film and just think Kelly just for today just stay right where you're at I don't want to know what happens tomorrow I don't want to know if I relapse tomorrow I have to just work this program today um, but even in that working it it's really like willingness and it's quieter and it's less boisterous and it's less noisy I really just am amazed at how simple this is I don't even really feel shame about what happened five days ago I really just feel kind of quiet and humble 
and like I don't want to blow it, but I also don't want to own that I have any ounce of control in this moment. It kind of is like I am riding on an airplane, and I am not doing the work of the airplane, but I am flying. So with that, I'll pass. All right, thanks, Kelly. We're going to open up for sharing. Let me let you know where we're at before the, the rush comes in here. We are on uh, page five of Bill's story, that fourth paragraph, I woke up, ending with, so I did. And if you and shared, we, and, uh, hold on, hold on. If you shared in the past couple of days, please step back and allow others to share. So who, who would like to share? And Charlotte. So, 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 Charlotte, Charlotte B. Roz, Charlotte, Charlotte. K. Sony B. Uh, Tony, there was someone before Jennifer C. And K. Is it Ken? Ken. Ken. Ken K. From Florida. Ken K. All right, so Jennifer C. I think that's going to be it. There's an Amory, Roz, Charlotte, Ken, Tony, and Jennifer C. But I, I don't know if we'll get everybody. But uh, let's let's start it off. Amory. Good morning. Thank you, Ross. Thanks, Ross. It's Anne Marie K in Pennsylvania. Recovered just for this day, and you know that's the whole point for me. With waking up, I could see I could not take as much as one drink. Um, you know, I have to still say one day at a time because years ago when I came in here, I just didn't get that concept. I just didn't understand it. And, you know, I was dieting really well with group support. But, you know, thank God I found out to these rooms that I can't take as much as one bite of sugar or flour together. You know, it just, it, I, I can't do it. And I go back and think about all those diets I was on, why I never got to maintenance, because I believed that lie that someday I could eat this stuff again. And, and that is, it's a lie. The other thing from this paragraph is when it says, I woke up. Every time I hear the word change, I was gone. There was absolutely no way I was going to change the way I live because I thought everything was just hunky-dory if I could just lose weight. But then through this book, thank you this book, I learned that the spiritual life is not a theory. I learned I had to believe in something other than my own quote-unquote willpower. And then I learned something else. I had to care more about other people than I did about worried about if I was going to lose weight or not. And that's, to me, the gift of this program, the altruistic part of it. I never realized that when I wanted to eat, if I called somebody up on the phone and asked them how they were doing that day, it might just keep me from, you know, completely focused on getting that food into my mouth. It's a great gift, but it doesn't come quickly. Well, maybe it does. Maybe some people are like, Bill, and they get that white light moment and boom, it's over. But for me, I'm that spiritual educational variety that spoke about in, in, the, um, in the appendix. And that's why I say today, one day at a time, because that's how crazy I am. But, but, um, tomorrow I'm going to celebrate my, my birthday, my belly button birthday. And it took me 71 years to get where I am today, but that's not what it took me in program. It's taken me three years to really understand this book and, and, and realize 
it's okay if I don't get it right away. I just have one day at a time to get better at it as long as I keep my spiritual life in order. And with that, I'm going to say have a great day, everybody, unless you made other plans, and I pass. Thanks, Anne-Marie. Next up is Roz G. Good morning, oh, Roz. Daughter. Good morning, my name. Yeah, Roz. Sorry about that. Okay. No problem. I'm Roz G., recovered compulsive overeater in Palmdale, California, Los Angeles County. Um, I look at all these sentences, and I think about being a person that prom- makes promises. Uh I cannot make promises to people because I'm a human being and I'm going to disappoint you. I cannot keep a promise. Uh, I like to think I can, but I like to to make a commitment. I like to say, okay, I am committing to doing something and following through with it. I Before program, I would make promises to people. And I would make commitments to people. And depending on whether it fit my schedule or my mood, um, I would follow through with it. But it did, if it didn't fit something else that, that I desired to do more, or if it um, didn't fit my emotional uh, stability mood, I wouldn't go through with it. And that goes with the eating, too. My emotions ran my eating. And so... I had to learn how to make a commitment and follow through with it. I had to commit things to myself. When I went to therapy uh, years ago, I was I was going to some very deep therapy. This is when I broke broke my abstinence. Uh, I was you know some very uh, emotionally charged situations from my past was brought up. I passed by a pizza place. Uh, I walked in front of it because it was next door to the therapy building. And I found myself going in there, uh, eating a whole uh, pizza, driving the whole, you know, home from the therapy and eating the whole pizza. And um, my sponsor and I, a new sponsor and I talked about it. And she said, you're going to have to to learn how to trust yourself. And I had to learn how to, I had to walk around another way, make another uh, route to, to do that. And make a commitment to myself not to, to go into that pizza place. And it works uh, for me with other items as well. Um, you know, committing to uh, making uh, appointments to go places or to be a team member or uh, uh, to not eat a certain food and committing it and saying, okay, I commit, this is my abstinence commitment. Uh, because it ha- and it like, I can't, as, as I was heard earlier, the word forever can't. It just. I don't even fathom that. I have to think. Okay, today I commit to my abstinent meal. I commit to this food plan that I'm sending to my sponsor. I commit to these things that I'm doing today. And as a human being, if I can't go through with it, I need to tell somebody about it. And it, it better be a, a valid reason, uh, so that I can be a trustworthy, committed person. Because I Sorry. know that I cannot just eat just one. Thank you. I pass. Thanks, Robin. Oh, I'm sorry, Roz. It was Roz. I'm thinking of Robin. All right, next up is Charlotte. And I didn't get Good morning, Charlotte T. That's okay. Charlotte T. Bob, I can. Yep. Go ahead. Charlotte T. from Nashville. Um, I am um, so grateful to hear these 
very, very powerful shares. I've tried to share a few times this week and didn't get on the on the um, agenda, <laughs> but I so need to claim my seat. I don't have the wisdom that a lot of people have um, or the um, um, ability to articulate in such passionate ways how this uh, program's affecting them. But um, when I hear Bill say, um, and, and uh, I meant business and so I did, it feels almost like a, like a gut punch because for 66 years, I meant business. But anyway, um, what I wanted to say was um, I meant business while I was in program. And so I just want to remember that um, dotting the I's, crossing the T's, you know, stand up, sit down, turn around, I would do it all. But the only way that I can stay abstinent is through higher power um, and through God's help and through sur- surrender to that. The rest is commitment to footwork. The power is from my um, from my God, and um, I am just very grateful to be online this morning. Thank you so much, everybody, for your shares and for being in the meeting. Thank you. All right, Charlotte. Next up is I believe it's Ken K. And if we can get uh, Tony B and Jennifer C, and we will. Hello, this is 10K from Florida, um, over either in Food Addict. Um, yeah, first of all, thanks a lot for letting me share. Um, I woke up, this had to be stopped. Um, I meant business. And before I came to OA in 2018, um, I really meant business. I once wrote down how many diets I actually did. I think it must have been like 32 diets. Um, each diet I lost probably 30 to 40 pounds. So that must have been like 800 pounds up and down. Before I came to OA in December 2017. And then I very quickly became abstinent. My wife was really happy because I not only did lose weight, but I actually was becoming a better person. And she didn't know what OA was, but she said, please go back. Please go back to OA, whatever that is, go back. Um, Unfortunately, (laughs) I relapsed um, because I thought I have it under control. Because during my time, uh, my first time in OA, I also really meant business. And I did inventory sheets and Excels, and I tried to control the whole program, tried to do everything, be a perfect OA. And I guess at least going back, that's, I think, why I relapsed. And now for a few months, I'm back in program, and I'm so happy, so happy and it and it is really through a call of God that I didn't know about vision for you and um, all you talking to me at the moment. I just realized through the grace of the other speakers that um, you are all the voices of God 
trying to help me. And so I'm really happy um, and um, that I have now the chance to understand God better. I think it's a very long, thorny way still to go, but I'm really happy to be back. And with that, I pass. All right, Ken. Thank you. Keep it rolling. Keep coming back. All right. Next up is Tony B. And I think you're going to be our last year. So, Jennifer C., I apologize. Uh, not, if you didn't want to jump to the next meeting. Go ahead. Thanks, Rob. Hi, my name's Tony B. I am a compulsive overeater, no doubt about that in my mind. Gratefully recovered for today in Scotland. Um, I'm so grateful for this program and so grateful for all of you on Vision and my sponsor and the people that I come in contact with on 10th and 11th trains and just continuing to do this work, the sponsees that, that come into my life. So, so grateful. And um, as far as this paragraph is concerned, um, there's a lot of eyes again. You know, he woke up, he decided it had to be stopped. He saw he couldn't take so much as one drink. He was through forever. Um, you know, he'd written a lot of sweet promises. It's, it's all him. You know, I meant business, so I did. Um, and thank God, you know, the grace of God comes in when, when we're in this position and when we, we're beaten down enough and when um, we just realize we can't. And, um, you know, the necessary power simply isn't there doesn't matter how many promises and how many different things we try. Um, we have to have this power greater than ourselves. And, um, and I think it, it, well, it is, it's because I can't do it. Um, but it brings, it, it brings me back to God. It brings God into my life and that's the grace of God. Um, and I love the first share. Um, uh, oh, I can't remember. I can't remember her name now. But the very first chair, the person that read the paragraph and shared first of all, she brought, um, she brought, uh, you know, our emotional sobriety in, into it as well. And I find that too, you know, I can go into something and think that, you know, I'm going to decide that, for example, this phone conversation, this is going to go okay, I'm going to keep my cool. And then, you know, I don't manage I lose my um, I lose my call on that call, but then the grace of God, um, you know, that I can do a tenth step and I come closer to God as a result. So there is something very beautiful about the fact that we fail, um, because that's where God comes in. And um, Bill's still got quite a lot of um, quite a lot of uh, experimenting to do um, before he gets to that point but he really does he gets to it in a beautiful uh, all-encompassing way and you know passes it manages it onto all of us I'll, I'll share the time with that thank you thank you tony all right uh jennifer uh you're gonna have to wait to the next meeting i apologize and tony b was our last year um so now we're Stick around for the next second unrecorded hour of study. I'm sorry about that. So today's share ID, Friday, February 23rd, 2024, is 21,164. So it's 21164. Now we will close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the story of the prayer. 
Well, then ask, please read a vision for you. Our book is meant to be successful only. Good morning. Lynn S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto, Canada. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.